um, stupid, what would you call it, like little skit or a little thing on TikTok was like some guy going up to his wife. He's like, honey, I need you to send me a picture of your vagina. She's like, what? I'm not doing that. Like, no, you got to do it now. The insurance man said he's going to have to some to look like some to compare it to once I like tear like destroy it later tonight. <laughs> Oh, all right, Mike. Why don't you uh, play a song for us to start start this rodeo? Is that the banter that led the show tonight? Yeah, that's that was recorded, Joe. By the way, because I'm going to total it. All right, wrecked him. Dan near killed him. <laughs> Folks, by the sound of our voice, you probably guessed that we're your three best friends that anyone could have. The Cutting Weight crew, Jim Ayer, Shane Mignona, Mike Stahl. Back here with you, coming live, recorded again. I'm sorry I did that. But the uh, but recorded it's a, live. But it's a live recording. We're on, We're uh, out of Cutting Weight Cabin, spreading our wings again. We're back in, in the uh, Ayer's Dome, and we're. you might hear the sound of crickets in the background. Fall is upon us. It's a cool night. Uh, as the sun is setting here, and we're enjoying uh, a brew that we haven't had before. And I'm not going to read it, but it's a four-pack, so I think we, we have a suspicion that it's pretty stout. And it is the Toppling Goliath Brewing Company. Shane, you want to walk us through what uh, you're holding in your hand here? Yeah, it's a, it's a pale ale with a giant dinosaur of sorts that's uh, purple and green. It's not a source. It's clearly a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's Barney. It kind of looks like Barney. Like a mean Barney. It's purple. I don't want to misquote what uh, what kind of dinosaur that was, but it's called Pseudo Sue Pale Ale. Like Mike said, it uh, it doesn't actually say the alcohol content, so it came in a four-pack, so we're going to assume it's Is this name after the, the Phil Collins song? Sue, Sue, Sue-dio. Sue, Sue, Sue Pale <laughs> Uh, I don't know what it means. Brewing up history with Field Museum. It's from Decorah, Iowa. Everybody, anybody ever been there? No, no, no one ever goes there. I think people just leave there. It's pretty tasty, though. I like it as far as uh, a nice pale ale goes. A uh, single hot pale ale showcases the citra hop for a well balanced beer. It's delicate in body with a mild bitterness in the finish. Ferocious hop aromas of citrus and mango. Get a refreshing taste that is bright with just enough bite. Live, live beer, live beer. Please refrigerate. I don't read. <laughs> Pretty sure this has a uh, your your required daily allowance for vitamin C based on the citrus. So um, it's basically based on the dinosaur. Yeah, basically base- skip your vitamins tonight before you go to bed. Yeah, you got a no, glide. I mean, you don't need a you don't need a men's health. You don't need a. <laughs> You don't need a men's health to tell you to drink a bunch of IPAs right before bed, and that's going to be good for you. I mean, I could tell you that. Oh, I took a Viagra last night. I woke up. My, got stuck in my throat. My neck has been stiff all day. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, Mr. Stahl. I heard Did your dad tell you that one? <laughs> I'm a big fan of dad jokes. Did I tell you uh, the one I told the, the grocery clerk the other day at checkout? Oh, check God. Out? I, I know where this is going. You get the you get the question all the time, Shane. I think I told you this, but you get the question all the time. Sir, you don't want this milk in a bag? 
And I always like just do the back and forth. I look at him or her, and then I look back at the milk, and then I look back at him or her, and then I look back at the milk, and I said, you know what, let's just keep it in the carton. <laughs> you'll, you'll never get a more confused look from a 16-year-old kid behind a register than when you do that right there. They don't. Kids don't get jokes these days. They don't. They're idiots. Kids, if you're listening, <laughs> you're all a bunch <laughs> of idiots. No, they're they, I, well, I mean, they just, we're just corny people at this. Well, I think too, like, and I even get this when, when I'm using some of, some of my best jokes that are not maybe considered dad jokes because a lot of times my delivery is so dry and sarcastic. Like they think I'm being serious and then they look at me like I'm the idiot when in actuality they're the idiot. I think they're looking, I think they're looking at you, dad, that was hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick it up then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Would they use a calendar to time your 40, Howie? <laughs> what? That was hilarious. <laughs> that hurt my feelings. No. Yeah. So um, football season's upon us. We're just talking about uh, uh, we're talking about high school football, you know, is underway. Uh, we've got, you know, crosstown shootouts happening all over the state, especially here in Northeast Ohio. You got a big one tonight between Maple Heights and Willoughby South. You've got, uh, they're happening all over the place. Um, interesting development here recently on the high school football scene. Uh oh. With, uh, oh, Bishop Sycamore. Bishop Sycamore. Allegedly. Walk us through that. So, Bishop Sycamore, I, I'm having a hard time figuring out how they duped everybody through this whole process. What what happened here? ESPN covered them nationally a handful of times. Major, yeah, they played IMG last week in like the tournament. At, major like, and not only did they played they played them on like Saturday. They played them on Sunday. They played a game on Friday night also. <laughs> yeah, they played some random team in Pennsylvania Friday. Yeah. Uh, who's their AD, did you did you guys watch the game at all? I watched like probably a quarter of the game against IMG on Sunday. No, I didn't see it. It looked like the an NFL team playing my son's seventh grade team. Like how bad they were, and at the, like in the second half especially, the announcers were just like, "This just isn't fair." Like I don't, we're not sure. Like they were starting to basically talk about it during the game. Like we're not even sure how this game got scheduled. Like the guys that were doing the color play by play for the game. Well, did they say like the Bishop Sycamore supposedly has some Division One like recruits or whatever? But oh we God. can't we can't find them anywhere. Like they, they have like there's a website for the school that has like no information. Everything every page just says like pending information pending. There's like no record of anyone ever even going to a class. It's all online. And the only thing that um, someone said that there was like an indoor training facility similar similar to like Lost Nation Sports Park down, somewhere down there in Columbus. Um, and they're like, yeah, they were here like a couple times over the last like eight months, and like, but that's the only like record of them being anywhere and doing anything. Uh, it just blows my mind that they were able to get themselves on. They had sweet uniforms TV. though, too. Like their uniforms were like legitimately yeah, sweet uniforms. I mean, their logo is better than the new Indians logo or the new oh, yeah. Guardians logo. But um, I don't know. And like, there was a lot of talk about some of the players like definitely being like nineteen or twenty years old, or like not even in high school or like had already graduated high school and we're just playing um, no birth certificates for like anybody. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, I don't know. Like how did it get to that point? That's a great question. Like how, 
How does that slip through the cracks? And this isn't the first year. This school's been around. No. They've been playing games for like five years. Like, and in, in the teams that they're scheduling, like they, the IMG is like a top ranked powerhouse. Like they were supposed to play St. Ed's in Cleveland, who's like a statewide powerhouse, if not like a nationally ranked team. Like um, Demartha, Maryland, who's like always in the top ten of the country. Like all these teams were like scheduled to play them. Like how do you dupe these like? supposed storied programs into like scheduling you you know I think like they did they fill the void during covid like basically they put together this team like there were there were teams that were having a hard time filling their schedule last year with so many vacancies week to week and like they basically stepped into that gap and that's how they did it i don't know like there's no information of like how it was even formed or when it was even formed it just like this materialized gonna, <laughs> and that's the only sport they have i think is football they have like a football team that's it yeah in they have a football team that doesn't practice and never has class <laughs> in future news sounds yeah, great so, like, sign me up yeah uh yeah in future news bishop sycamore the best 30 for 30 ever it, it could be I, like there's got to be Somehow, you know, somebody's making like a lot of money off this or something. Although they said they had like a GoFundMe account, they, they were trying to reach a goal of twenty thousand dollars for uniforms or whatever. And currently, like the total amount of donations is like forty dollars. <laughs> this is over like three years, <laughs> unless it's already been like zapped out of there and like it's paying for someone's like Cadillac somewhere. Good lord! All right, so uh, we we uh, Shane and I almost sprung for a pumpkin beer, but the only way to enjoy pumpkin spice beer is to just pour it out right like yeah Mike's like, we, should get a, we should do a pumpkin beer and i'm like but i don't want to drink a pumpkin beer but shouldn't one of our shows be just i mean we've enjoyed pretty much every beer that we've had on this show well, let's, so let's far. try to next podcast let's try to find a, a well pumpkin that one beer that, that one we, that you got that like pickle beer that was disgusting yeah but that was an accident <laughs> still <laughs> that's the one yeah but that wasn't that wasn't a cutting weight sponsored beer that was just something i purchased yeah. That uh, I think I still have a can of that. <laughs> Surprisingly, I'd rather drink like the juice out of a pickle jar. I think Bernard drank three of them. He did. He I'd rather drink pickles. the icy light that you have in your fridge at home than that. That's a uh, that's a golden shower for the esophagus. Show. <laughs> I don't want to. That uh, that's that's the beer champions right there. <laughs> uh, all right. So what's next on the docket here, guys? We've talked. Uh, we just had a great little. Uh, Start to the week, Monday, we got to play um, member guest action at Sandridge Golf Course. If no one's golfed at Sandridge Country Club, I think it is, or, or whatever. Just a golf club, I suppose. Golf club. I mean, it is in the country. I mean, no one would fault me for saying that. No, you're right. It's and it's a club. Middle of the woods. But I think it's uh, – what a beautiful course. Uh, we're happy to be friends with a, a couple of members here, one – um, who's acting as our assistant here today. Tony, go, go grab me a, a water with some ice, please. Uh, Sparkling water. <laughs> but uh, we had a great time. That was, uh, it was nice to get reacquainted with Dan Meisner, former guest of the show. Yeah, that B- was a big fan of the show, I know. Our only fan of the show. He's Thanks, down- Dan. He's downloaded every episode over 900 times, and that's the only thing that's and allowed us to keep he's, our- Yeah, he's keeping our numbers up, and our sponsorship's just you know hanging, dangling there. Was anyone else just a little disappointed he didn't bring like a bottle of like high class? Bourbon? He told me he like, he was talking about some bourbons that he had got recently, and uh, was talking about like you know can't wait to sample them with you. So I I thought that was an open yeah, invite I thought, I to thought like he was hey bringing something he's he's bringing this to this golf thing, but uh, no he, he came up short. So 
How many more invites he'll like get a, to Sandridge? Like that a night? lot of his drives. <laughs> or his putts. How bad? <laughs> Dan, if you're listening, we would have won if your putts hadn't sucked that day. And you know that's true. <laughs> All of our... Did anyone make a putt that day? No. Nobody. The only putt that we made was that one that I made, and I hit it like uh, like a laser beam, and luckily it hit the pin, and it just fell right in. Otherwise, it was going to be off the green. <laughs> Thanks to our caddies, uh, Tim and Jeff uh, from Sandridge. We had some... Uh, yeah, one some of them had fun, I think. For sure. Yeah, well... It was Carpath only. It yeah. was a wet, wet week, wet weekend leading up to Monday. We were all watching the, watching the weather radar leading up to it. Luckily, we got to play. That course dries out fast. For as much rain as we got, like it, we were, we were fortunate to be able to play, and it wasn't like a swamp. You know, it was, it was no. sucked walking around, but it really wasn't like. Wasn't I played much bad. worse conditions than that. Oh my gosh! Sure. I mean, it rained right up until like seven o'clock that morning, and then uh, it was very playable. Yeah, um, no, I had, I had a blast. That was a, you know. Great day, great deal, beautiful weather, just made it fun. Excellent. I mean, you could go uh, also, for the folks that have an opportunity to play in the future, um, next year you might have the same opportunity. You get to go in to the uh, pro shop, pick out any triple XL polo <laughs> that you want. So that was that It's was crazy they have cool. so many of those still hanging around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You think those things usually uh, go like hotcakes. Yeah. <laughs> when I got in there, there was a 1997 Tiger Woods Mock turtleneck, bright red mock turtleneck that was Sunday still red. There. Sunday red, still there, and I thought, well, that might look pretty good. And when I put it on, it looked like a moo moo. Yeah, if I ever like soup up a DeLorean and go to seventy-seven miles an hour or eighty-eight miles an hour and set it for you know nineteen ninety-seven, <laughs> that's what I'm wearing. There's not enough, not enough Zoloft or Percocet in the world to make this look good on me. <laughs> now you'd be surprised how much of that drug is out no, there. No, but hey, it was a free lunch. Pick of the litter at the uh, at the pro shop for a polo. Did you find one that fit? I mean, did you get the right size? I got a large. I think it was like pink and navy blue. <laughs> I'll probably never wear it. I love those colors. Well, on me though, it just looks. I, my complexion, if you wear pink and navy blue, it just looks. What like are you I'm, talking I'm about? Wearing like blue blue string around me. Because you think your your face is like super pink. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of know what you're saying, though. I just feel like I would just look like. Does he just tie a bunch of navy blue string around himself? That's why you got to go with like the frosted tips again to get a little bit of differentiation in your hair. I mean, oh, you know what? I think it is time for this announcement. Uh, oh, you ran into your seventh grade girlfriend there. True. <laughs> that true. True. That enough. was random. True enough. As she found, yeah, she found me too. Probably like she thought she would someday. <laughs> I had like my hand, my head, and my face, or my head and my hands, and I'm just kind of like rubbing. Well, no, my to, to to set the scene a little bit for the listeners. So we're about to tee off at this golf outing. You know, we'd hit some balls, we hit some putts. We're just kind of sitting in our carts waiting, and there's I don't know a hundred guys here and one girl. The one girl starts walking off the range, and all of a sudden she looks over our way, and she's probably still 30 yards away from us, and she just looks over and she's like, Mike? <laughs> like, what? She comes over and it turns out it's Mike's seventh grade girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Lima, Ohio, which is just like random. That they, they come, I mean, it's serendipitous, if you will. Yeah. One, one Miss Kelly Dredge, who, uh, yeah, she and I... Got to see a couple of movies together. I think we went to, we paid for Drop Dead Fred. I think we snuck into Sleeping with the Enemy, um, a great Julie Roberts uh, movie back in the day. Uh, that's a, it was a thriller. It was a thriller. Um, ended, ended, uh, great ending. What was it? Oh, she calls the police. She calls the police when she's like uh, pointing the gun at the guy in the hallway. And she's like, you're, he, he's like, you're not going to shoot me. And she's like, 
911, what's your emergency? He's like, I just shot an intruder in my house. Kapow! <laughs> that was a great. <laughs> Dropped a mic. Great little bit. Anyway, Kelly and Dredge must not have been, Kelly Dredge and I must not have been making out for that portion of this show. Well, good for you. Anyway, no, uh, at, you know, as most junior high relationships go, we, we probably. Well, you guys, uh, so parted ways. At the very least, so like you and Kelly in seventh grade dated briefly, and there were probably a couple times where you guys made out, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, probably. So it's it's funny for me, because I have a seventh grade son. I mean, Mike, you have an eighth grade son. Shane, you have a ninth grade son. And a seventh grade daughter. And a seventh grade daughter. Like, I can't even, I don't know, I just, I'm not getting the sense that my son is ma- and his buddies are making out with girls right now. Do you think they are, and we're oblivious to it, or they're just... No. I don't think uh, I don't think that's happening anywhere. No. I, at, in sixth grade, whoa! Stop that. Fifth when I was grade, in second grade, I'll tell you what. No. <laughs> no, in fifth grade, I was dating my high school gym teacher. No. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, and, and, did he have a lot of calluses. And Miss Willoughby, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, no, I. But in fifth grade, we were going to the roller skate rink and couple skating with, you know, whoever we were going steady with. And we never, you know, we would, we would prank call them on the phone. Right. <laughs> like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then we. It was you know, very romantic. We'd it was, exchange it was, notes. It was, it was very classic, classic love affair. <laughs> right. Like, it, like, but that was happening. Like, we were going to the movies and, look, we'd slow dance at dances. Yeah. You know, at you know, balloon, inflated balloon. You know, oh, yeah. with, and like, but we were, I mean, we were dating at like starting at that point. But there was definitely like talk of you know, so and so's going out with this, you know, th- this this couple's going out like, the, oh, I heard those two. Did made, you made hear up. they? Did you hear they French kiss? Yeah. So there, and then like there, there'd be parties, and there'd be some like spin the bottle or like truth or dare that kind of stuff going on. I'll never forget. I went to a party, and I was, I was. I thought I was the coolest freaking thing ever. I was gleaming the cube. Oh yeah. I had I had jean shorts for sure that were rolled up at the bottom. Oh, you better believe it. And a and a fluorescent pink shirt. That's probably and a why pink and I, blue I, polo. <laughs> that's probably I had like a fluorescent like glowing like pink shirt. That's probably why I don't wear it anymore. Never been pink since. And I thought I I I remember walking out of my mom's you know Chevy Caprice classic thinking like. Look out, ladies! <laughs> but that was in eighth grade. Like I had, I had a thing for the ladies at that point. I don't. I just. I. I don't. Know you think it's because the kids are like spend so much time on technology? Like they get more of a like instant gratification in like from just playing a game or. Well, there was. I think there's a little bit of the last year and a half. I mean, COVID. Like there was no school dances. There was no. There wasn't as many parties. Like kids didn't get together. So I think I feel like they're a little behind on the. The social interaction with the opposite sex. Yeah, but aren't, I mean, at that point though, like your hormones are are raging. At least <laughs> from my recollection. I yeah. mean, am I am I wrong in thinking that? that uh, like, I think from eight from eighth grade to forty five years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from eighth grade till present. <laughs> <laughs> Have been ever since. Not sure, not sure if this is ever going to stop. <laughs> but uh, absolutely insatiable. Oh, I remember, I remember the girls I liked in second grade, like walking into the classroom. I mean. Yeah, there was always a, a girl or two that you just, you know, you thought was cute or you had a little bit of a crush on. Um, when I talk to my son and his buddies, they're all just like, nah, nah, nah. I don't know if they're just pl- being coy and like they don't want me to get in their business or they literally just like they don't even care or notice. I mean, what if there's like a sex ring 
like setup that we don't know about. Like, uh, well, more power to him, I guess. Is like I say, that's not what we want either. But we do. We do. Well, I least, mean, yeah, you're right. That's bad. We do at least, you know. I guess, I, I not that I necessarily want to shepherd them through that process, but like Melissa Zane had mentioned that one of his friends knocked a girl up. Sisters was had a crush on Owen. And like Melissa like reacts to that and says, Mike, you need to have the talk with him. And I'm like, no, no, we don't. <laughs> well, I think at this point it's yeah. like too late. Like yeah. there's a window. It's probably like fifth or sixth grade yeah. before they start hearing things. I think Mrs. So-and-so has probably filled that gap. I don't know. <laughs> By the way, like, does anything I do, Melissa, like, jive with what you've read about? Like, is it working for you? Do you want me to be his instructor here? You sure you want this to happen? And she's like, you know what? You're probably right. Yeah, we'll have we'll have your brother do it or some someone else. Be careful what you wish for, Melissa. Yeah, your brother's gonna end up with a the Yankees hat, the flat bill, and a big gold chain. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Like, you know. All right, Owen. So you really like a girl, right? Okay. When you, you know, you wake up with an erection in the morning, you just jam it in their back, and then that—that's their cue to then. You're sending them a signal. Start. Hey, then then that that is the most tender way I know of to tell your your significant other that you love them, and then and then and then you have kids, and then you go to sleep right after that, <laughs> and then. And then as soon as that, then you then you sleep and fart the rest of the night. So yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, I can yes. Melissa, I can tell, I can I'll tell get, on that. I get one more generation of stall boys out the door, <laughs> spreading love, spreading seed. That's <laughs> uh, see that, see what you what you got there in the morning. That's called a kickstand, boys. <laughs> Don't put too much weight on it. Uh, Shane, what are you writing down? Writing a little, just a few notes so I can Did do the show notes. Write down, jam it into Kristen's back. Wake up with hard on, poke back. Chance of success moderate. <laughs> moderate to slightly moderate. I just wrote down the, the timestamp so I can go back and listen to this a couple times. <laughs> okay, now hold on. Let me pause it. I do have the erection. Now what? Play. Right. Oh, poking, poking and mild prodding. Check. All right, Shane. What what else is on the docket here? Um, let me let me pull up the notes here. Everybody's voting for Kucinich, right? <laughs> He's still running. He run for mayor. <laughs> What's he running for? Some of the best political advertisements right now that I've ever heard are anti Kucinich, and they like really. Yeah, I they heard just any run of are they game. better? Are they better than the uh, the Potter from Air voiceover work you did, <laughs> Doug Davidson? Uh, no, but but. But they're so good. Have you ever, Assistant Tony, have you ever heard any of those voiceovers? No. Oh my God. Probably some of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but, but like, uh, yeah. Apparently, Dennis Kucinich is a bit of a madcap. Ran, he was the mayor like in 1977. He was the kid mayor. He was like the youngest mayor of a major town for, in the for entire two country. years, Cleveland defaulted on. I'm basically giving anti Kucinich free <laughs> advertising right now to the to the four people that are listening. But not that you were going to vote for him anyway. Nobody that lives or in Cleveland is going to vote for this election. But the guy. The guy like bankrupted Cleveland, defaulted on the loans, <laughs> didn't like got voted out in two years. Then like he was a representative for um, 
for a while. Yeah. But then also, also lost his seat and then registered in the state of Washington to run. Well, he ran for president lost. at one point, too. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. He runs like every so often. Anyway. Focus in it, Jay. Hey, what, what, what election are we doing this year? I'm in. I'll, I'll run for that. <laughs> I can do that again, yeah. School board? Sure. (laughs) But he's lost. In the meantime, he's run for president, run for governor, run for mayor, run for In the meantime, he's been like a career politician who's probably done nothing. But he's also lost (laughs) elections for city council. (laughs) Right. But he somehow still managed to like make a career out of it. People are still donating money to his his cause, if you will. I don't know. He must have like a hot wife or something. Does he though? I don't know. Yeah, no, he does have a hot wife. Okay, actually, she's like looks really young compared to him too. Yeah, that explains the yeah. the, the false confidence. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. There we go. We hit the hammer on the head there. Nail, nail on the head. Hammer on the nail. Hammer on the nail. Hit the nail on the hammer. You hit the kickstand right in the back. <laughs> Ouch! That hurts. <laughs> hey, so I was uh, you know, reading the news or whatever, and all the stuff in college. Yeah, we're pulling up wow. Dennis. Assistant Tony wife. just uh, brought up some pictures of Cassandra's <laughs> wife, and yeah, he he definitely married up there. Tony, I mean, where, where it, are we at with our Starbucks order? <laughs> <laughs> some hot tea. The pipes are getting a little, yeah. a little sore. A little, a little lemon, honey. maybe. Uh, this last tea didn't have honey in it. <laughs> I don't mean to be a prick, but <laughs> Shane, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying there was a lot of stuff in the. You know, college news in the last couple couple months about uh, NIL, name in, image likeness, where these college, mostly football players, basketball, I'm sure, and some other sports that are, and depending on what state they're in, they're able to basically like get you know money from right other companies outside of outside of the school, use their name and and advertise and things like that. But they can also be pursued by companies. So if you, you right. know, if you play for Nebraska and you look like a lumberjack, then potentially, you know, Hendrix logging might come to you for an ad and you could get paid by them to sponsor um uh to sp- to do a commercial for right, them. and it creates all these weird situations. Big where red. Like, we're like, I know I'm going to go to Columbus and go to Ohio State. Well, I'll probably get a free truck from this dealership for everybody on the team. Or, yeah, I mean, I know BYU, like some protein bar company, gave all the walk-ons, so everybody on the team that wasn't on scholarship paid for their paid for their school. Like, yeah. and game and game three wives. Yeah, I mean three or four. Who's counting at that That's point? Polygamy. What was the name of the bar? Polygamy protein. <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember what it was. So Poly Pro. I don't think it's made it to Ohio yet. It's probably a, something uh, in Utah. No, that would be. But it. I was thinking about like, all right, when we were in college, like, would there have been any anything we would have got a sponsorship from any any local places or any national? Probably chains? Quinn's. I mean, we spent enough money there. Quinn's. Yeah, Quinn's was our our local bar. <laughs> it would have just, just been bars mostly. <laughs> I thought maybe like Bush Light. John Carroll Wrestling brought to you by Quinn's Colony Firehouse. <laughs> Jenny O, Jenny O'Neill, Jenny O. Patrick O'Malley, Champs. They wouldn't have been paying that. Pinkies. Executive's dead. Pinkies twice. <laughs> Pinkies, I mean, every uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The Winking Lizard and Harbor <laughs> The Winking Lizard, Cleveland Heights, The Winking Lizard Manor, The Winking Lizard... <laughs> And Harbor and Kevick. Uh, so, so on the, on the Go Streaks! The one that jumps off the page is Big Red, you know, 
Rich Eslich could have, you know, individual sponsored for either the soda pop or the the gum or what have you. Yeah, that would have been natural. There's a, there's a guy, a freshman, I think, on Alabama. His nickname, since he was a little kid, and it actually says on his bio on the Alabama website, is Kool-Aid. That's his name. Like, everybody calls him Kool-Aid. And he got a sponsorship from Kool-Aid. Like, he's getting money from Kool-Aid. That's fair. I think Kesson definitely, Jim Kesson would have been Mama's boy. Or a QB burger. <laughs> or a QB burger. Yeah, <laughs> any one of those could have been the QB burger. <laughs> I think I, yeah, that's a tough one. What about Justin Kerr? Who would have sponsored him? Some protein powder. Uh, some S&M company. <laughs> like Leather, Leatherworks, <laughs> ballandgag.com. <laughs> yeah, Justin, Justin Kerr. <laughs> I don't know, Propecia. <laughs> Him and Panch. Panch could have got like a uh, trainer scholarship. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. I don't know. Justin Kerr, that would have been a good one. Um, Shane, what, what would what would yours have been? Uh, just some sort of some one of the beverage companies. Yeah, most likely. Most likely, that's what I've been really useful to me. I don't know. Can can the college kids though be sponsored by that? Is there a rule against that? I haven't heard any of that yet. I don't know. It's all been car dealerships and that's a tough one. You know. Protein bars and, and whatnot. Were you talking about like a college kid being sponsored by like an alcohol or tobacco? Or <laughs> yeah, Philip Morris. <laughs> Every, I'll tell you, a little chocolate donuts like Belushi before the Olympics. Every, before every you know, big before game, every match, I have I a s- pack of Newports. I fire I back it. a couple oh, of Marlboro man. Red heaters. I would have loved to have been in this day where I could have done like. But ads. like, but like in the seventies, you probably could. Like if that had been a rule back then, yeah. like. Like everyone, like mom, expecting mom smoked in the seventies. I mean, baseball players smoked in the dugout. Yeah, I mean that would have been hilarious. You could probably make a pretty good like you know SNL type of skit based on that. Just like really you know inappropriate type of goods for sale like that you're sponsoring, like college kids are sponsoring or condoms for that matter. I mean, yeah, yeah, how which would actually make sense? That would actually be like responsible. I think. I mean, I think about like all of the like. Do people even use condoms anymore? No, I don't think so. Do they make them? <laughs> no. You probably can get them at like uh, one of those like antique shops. I don't think they even existed back when we were in college. We they didn't. Have, oh, I never saw one. I mean, the only <laughs> the only method we had was pulling out. <laughs> you did. You did. You used that method, and we liked it. We loved it. <laughs> I mean, that's back in my day. We didn't have fancy wiener hoods. <laughs> Wiener hoods. Um, yeah, I, I think about like all the nosebleeds I had. I mean, I could have got sponsored by like New Skin or Band Aid for like all the. Your nose is just perpetually bleeding. <laughs> but yeah, it was, or like you know anything else. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, the sky's the limit. That is an interesting twist on on athletics. Now I wonder, Jim could have been sponsored by Ayers Well Drilling, but probably could have been sponsored by any like. Processed meat like factories, sausages. sausages. Bob Evans like has always been a dream of mine. Like if I could be on their payroll, I would wear like I would look like a NASCAR car with like Bob Evans. Every like turkey sausage, like just, original. What are we gonna I imagine, I imagine Jim in his singlet in a commercial and doing some like cheesy like 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 cheap grade commercial where he's just holding like a bowl of, of sausage biscuit gravy. He's like, you know what? Before a match. I always like to have a bowl of biscuit gravy. So before your next big athletic event, make sure you just fill your gizzard full of sausages and gravy. 
like they always show like a a football player's always got his jersey on, but he's like driving a car or something. It'd but it's like, always like a generic jersey though, because like they don't have the approval to use it. Right. Like, so it'd be like Jim like out at a grill, like in a singlet, a generic blue singlet on. I've actually like, done that before, and like I didn't get paid for it. Like sometimes, you know, on Sunday evenings for family dinners, all. I'll grill out my singlet still. How far would you go? Would you get like, I'm thinking of like Talladega Nights. Where like, hey, I'm Ricky Bobby. I chew prune candy. <laughs> <laughs> like you totally sell yourself out to like South Korean candy manufacturers. Prune candy. That the North Korean company, Mike, that you invented, they would sell like pubic hair enhancers. Absolutely, yeah. We could talk about It's probably that. a good time for a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, welcome back. Um, some interesting world events have been going on here um, under um, the watchful eye of, of President Biden. And I don't mean to make it, uh, you know, a political thing. And certainly I don't, uh, you know, I support our commander in chief regardless. But um, we've withdrawn from Afghanistan. Did not go well. Uh, no. I think would would be the the only, one of the the first things I would say about it. Did anybody expect it to go well? No, I you know so I think every you might be a little bit curious about what a a twenty year army vet who served his entire career under the, the you know the shadow of the war in Afghanistan, uh, what my opinions might be about it. Um, you know, frankly, I don't think you know i don't think that withdrawal was going to go any other way and we knew that the taliban was going to be was going to play a, a role in the future of, of afghanistan we didn't know maybe necessarily to what extent whether they'd be simply a political party in in afghanistan's future or whether or not you know they would they would you know take back over control of the country the districts or you know the capital to, or or to what extent that would be but I don't necessarily fault any administration. It would have looked this way under Obama, under Trump, under Biden. I think the 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 it was inevitable. The war I think needed to come to an end. I think it's true that America doesn't necessarily have any national security interest in Afghanistan so long as it doesn't become another haven for terrorists that that conducted attacks against the United States. I think the real interesting development is the withdrawal and the planning that went into it. And I can't really say like what necessarily, um, you know, I'm sure there were a lot of discussions and a lot of planning that went into it and some decisions were made, uh, but it just looked disorganized. Um, it wasn't, you know, and it, it unfortunately left, you know, Marines and several Americans behind in a desperate situation and unfortunately, you know, put them at risk. And I think that's that's really what saddens me. Um, the fact that the Taliban has has taken over control of the country doesn't necessarily. And I, I, some people might be surprised by that. But I mean, the Taliban had control of that country in 1996, and we didn't necessarily care until 9/11 when the buildings fell. So I don't. Uh, that that doesn't necessarily surprise me. The Taliban seems to have the clearest vision in their eyes for the future of Afghanistan. At least they have the loudest voice. I think what's really cool is that, you know, in the last couple of days, you've seen the Taliban have to fight um, an insurgency of their own with, with familiar names like uh, 
uh, Masood in the Panjshir Valley, whose father waged war against the Taliban uh, previously to the United States. Um, so I think I think what will be interesting to watch from afar is how the Taliban handles their own security situation in the future there, and and whether or not Afghanistan's will rise up and take back control of their country and determine its own future for themselves. We will most likely just watch from watch from afar and see what see what ISIS K and what influence they exert on the the Middle East from Afghanistan. But you know the enemy of my enemy is my ally, and I think you know there might be situations where we actually support the government in Afghanistan, whether that be the Taliban or whether that be someone else, in eradicating that threat. So. It is a complex, complicated security environment in Afghanistan right now. Um, unfortunately, uh, our withdrawal, in the manner that it was, put um, put lives at, at risk. And like, what, what what specifically, Mike? And I, I you know, I'm naive. I, I don't watch the news to be honest with you. <laughs> yep. Um, what 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 created that issue with lives at risk? And if in my mind, like we're trying to get out of your country that we've been in for 20 years and you never wanted us in in the first place. And we're leaving, we're saying, okay, we're, we're, we're done. This is your thing, figure it out. Why at that point would they decide to take action against U.S. citizens? Is it just as a retribution type of deal for being there? Well, so, and that, that's one of the, the big misunderstandings of the security environment that that's there right now the bombings against the airport in kabul where we were conducting the evacuations at where uh, u.s soldiers were and marines and airmen and and uh corpsmen were were guarding was conducted by isis not the taliban so that was just a terrorist attack that was conducted uh, by isis to disrupt the security situation further to deteriorate the relationship uh between you know, Afghanis, the Taliban, the United States, and really just to create chaos, which which it has done and probably will continue to do. So it was really just disruptive. But it wasn't the Taliban that conducted those attacks. It's not really clear whether or not they allowed them to happen or not, but the Taliban has been fighting ISIS, um, I wouldn't say shoulder to shoulder with, you know, the United States. But, I mean, there were there were points in my career where we would show up on an objective and there was a firefight taking place, and it wasn't, you know, the Taliban against the Afghan National Army. It was the Taliban against ISIS. And then we would back off and say, well, this is... All right, Duke, Duke it out, guys. <laughs> All right, well, you guys figured this out. We'll, be, we'll yeah. be over here. I mean, is there a scenario where the, the Taliban's in charge of Afghanistan and actually things are stable and we're kind of just backed off and supporting it in a I, manner? I think as long as, as long as they're respectful to women's rights and that they... You know, they manage some type of judicial system that's not beheading people and in public in a soccer field, and they're. But is it is it the United States' role to not let that happen in a country across the world, or you know, I guess it kind of determines like what <clears throat> level of Big Brother do we want to play? I mean, that's... we've been doing it like for a long time. Yeah, I think you you bring up a good point. We've provided them twenty years worth of time and space to try and figure this out. We spent a lot of blood and treasure into trying to make this work. And we've, um, to establish a credible government, a non-corrupt government, to establish a, a capable fighting force. And just because the Taliban has control now, a lot of the Afghan National Army, the Afghan National Air Corps has evacuated with equipment and supplies and everything else. And I think they're... Like, where are they? 
I mean, they're they're in the valleys, they're in the hills, they're like they're where the Taliban were, they're where Al Qaeda were. So, and they know how to fight this fight. They're former Mujahideen as well. So, I mean, they they, you know, this country's been at war for the last forty years. <laughs> so they're no stranger to conflict, and and they'll figure this out. Um, I guess, but like they don't know peace, you know. So like I don't. It's hard to probably change you know, a generation or two generations worth of just. Like this is their norm. Their norm is fucked up. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, it won't be. You know, it's. You know, when we were fighting counterinsurgency in Afghanistan back in 2010, even we talked about like, okay, well, what does stability look like in Afghanistan? Well, you know, I don't know. What does stability look like in Detroit? How many homicides occur there in a night? How many homicides occur in Chicago? Right. I mean, it's not going to be the same level. Of you just have to get to like stability. their normal, right? <laughs> But what is Afghan Afghanistan's normal? And I think what, you know, President Biden and the Secretary of Defense and everyone has decided is that, well, it's kind of, at this point, it's up to them to figure out. We've done everything we can. It's not a long-term national interest, and it's time to move on to... Move as long as we don't think it else. becomes a, a scenario where there could be, an, you know, another... Th- Another group or something. Or well, I think the problem grows against the, the U.S. Well, the, right? I think the problem was originally too. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, because you are way more versed at this than anything I know. But it like was, they, it was Frank Stallone. It's always Frank Stallone. <laughs> I mean, look, it <laughs> every all, time it all comes. It was. I re- mean, that goes without saying. Like I just was, assumed. Yeah, it was I Frank think Stallone. we can. I think. I think everyone, whether you're Taliban shoulder most or whether you're brain. ISIS or whether you're like right wing Christian or whether you're you know, Canadian or American, Frank Stallone is at the root of most everything that bad happens in the world. Movies, wars. But, you know, so I'm my, you know, so tom- so tomorrow, or uh, no, I'm sorry, next Saturday is September 11th. And um, something occurred to me the other day that, you know, at, at as the war reaches the, its 20th year and ends on its 20th year, I mean, the... The age that those soldiers were that passed away here recently um, uh, in the cutting weight cabin under one of those drawers that you pull out, I have, you know, probably 50 to 100 letters from kindergarten age kids that they sent me, you know, over over time for tours in Iraq, tours in Afghanistan, you name it. And those are the kids that were serving in Afghanistan right you know, that just recently passed away not not kids that watched the towers fell not 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 kids that um, you know necessarily understood the you know the righteous anger that we had when we went over there but kids that continue to serve today and you know it's um, yeah, they, they've grown up their whole life just hearing about this just knowing so. that it was part of <laughs> part of the American fabric to be right. over in Afghanistan but it takes I mean it takes a lot of resolve to say, you know, it's just we, what what long term security interest do we have in this? If you know, if this is no longer a haven for terrorism, if it becomes you know there are atrocities that are occurring over there at the hands of the Taliban, then I hope the nation takes or the world takes notice, and not just the United States. The United Nation is well suited to deal with that. Well, I mean, we were in Afghanistan in the first place because. They were basically kind of creating somewhat of a safe harbor for some terrorist groups many years ago. Is that correct statement? Yeah, 100%. That's where I... And, that, I mean, and then there was a lot of talk at that point about like the Taliban being bad. Well, the Taliban had been in charge of the right. government for many years prior to 9-11. Yeah. 
the Taliban wasn't wasn't you know creating terrorist events throughout the world. They were just letting people that were hang out in their in their basically like in their back bedroom. Yeah, Osama bin Laden was hiding out in the mountains in Afghanistan, and that's where a lot of the planning and coordination and everything took place. So, again, we went over there with with the right intentions. It took us a while to eliminate that threat. Eventually, led us to uh, about about Afghan or uh, Pakistan, but <clears throat> and we had, you know chopped the head off Al Qaeda and. Uh, but ISIS grows up in its place, right? So now ISIS is a threat. Is that, you know, that's while the Taliban really just wants control of Afghanistan, ISIS wants control of a caliphate that's a larger part of the Middle East. So um, is that of national interest? Yeah, sure. Is the Taliban well equipped to deal with that? Yeah, probably. They're pretty good at that. <laughs> pretty good at fighting wars in Afghanistan. They might eradicate that th- threat by themselves. How did how did it end up that we were leaving like equipment there that they got a hold of? Like yes, it seems kind of odd. That really bothers a lot of people, and you know, to me, we we bought that, you know, we bought that equipment years ago. At, at some point, and and that equipment has been over there since our purchase date, and since we shipped it over, since we flew it in, and since and it's been there, and it's that equipment didn't rotate out, right? So when I deployed over to Afghanistan, I typically fell in on somebody else's. A helicopter that had been there. Well, plus I think we're Americans, and like after we get done with like a useful life or something, we're like, fuck it, we'll just throw it out in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't want it back. Like we just want new stuff. I mean, it, I, it really just look at it from a sheer gross weight perspective. Are you going to fly back the AMRAPs and the and the artillery? And a lot of the pictures that I see that are being posted on the news are not those. I, I flew over our Russian artillery pieces that been in Afghanistan for years, like D-30s and, and everything else. They've well, been I, I mean, the, the last couple of years of the COVID, like, scrap prices are sky high right now. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if we could maybe create a business and just yeah. get that stuff back here and literally scrap it. Like, there's billions of dollars in I that. I mean, there are, there are Russian fighters that are still, you know, rusting on It probably looks like – I don't, I can't think of it. You would know, Mike, but, like, one of the uh, Star Wars episodes where it's like – you know, old like X-wing fighters that were buried in the desert. Yeah. They're, they're like a hundred years old, yeah. and like same, same and, thing. And Tatooine. That's what happens when you you're at war for, for yeah. forty years. But it's 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 the graveyard of empires for a reason. I mean, Alexander the Great. Um, it's tough to win a war there. Yeah, the Brits. I mean, those are like I mean, I'm sure you would agree, but the 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 stock of the individual Afghani is a tough brood of people. Yeah, for sure, and I and. To get to the heart of that, I mean, so uh, back to the equipment thing. Do you want to evacuate as many people as possible, or do you want to take up ten thousand pounds of gross weight with one of those big ass trucks? What I was what I was amazed about was, and a lot of that stuff we had purchased for the Afghan army that the Afghan army abandoned. Not necessarily that we left behind all willy nilly. Yeah, and what amazes me too is you you see the pictures of the Taliban or the you know other groups in Afghanistan, and they're you know. They're wearing their day-to-day garb. They're not in uniforms per se, and they're not, they don't look very sophisticated. Yet, you know, I'm assuming flying a Blackhawk's not the easiest thing in the world, but they right. figure out how to, they know how to do it. Like, yeah, like it, that seems I mean, crazy to me if they would know how to do that. But yeah, I mean, like <laughs> there was a, a one meme that I saw is like, um, you know, the Taliban search history is like. How do you fly a Black Hawk? <laughs> and then like at like nine thirty eight p.m. and then like at nine forty p.m. How do you fix a Black Hawk? <laughs> you know, it's like uh, you know what you know. Some of it's comical, but you know, 
just because they don't speak our language, just because they don't wear watches, just because of you know X, Y, Z, doesn't mean they're not intelligent people. Uh, trust me, I don't think the Taliban is going to be in a position where they're going to be able to use most of this equipment against us in any way, shape, or form. I think they'll be able to drive these things for a matter of weeks until like after it gets a flat tire, they just it's abandoned <laughs> on the side of the road. Like yeah, you know, I but to go back uh, something you said, Jim, about. Um, Ah, oh, damn it. I can't remember it now. Oh, uh, it was about the... Uh, thank you, Tony. Thanks to our producer, Tony. Tony, Tony assistant Tony, again, producer coming in, in huge. In the booth. Baba Booey. <laughs> uh, Baba Brunetti. <laughs> so we... Uh, so I think the really interesting thing is like, hey, you know, the United States, these these refugees that are coming in here, I, I hope that we certainly welcome them with our open arms. We talked to, you know, Adrian here recently about her work with refugees in the United States. I mean... If I, you know, I've been actively searching for, you know, volunteer opportunities to, to see what I can do to support these. I don't know that they're going to be settling here in the Cleveland area. Boy, if they do, let's get our arms around them. Let's welcome them in. Let's get them on the wrestling mats. <laughs> they're the, they're some of the <laughs> toughest, they're some of the toughest, um, um, uh, people in the world. And I think let's, you know, let's, let's welcome in, them into our communities and um, let's 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 show them like we have been what America is all about. Well, I think like the one thing that I th- I thought like I had heard recently um, on a podcast I was listening to. I don't know if I, I sent it to you or not, Mike, but it was the guy that like um, owns and started Black Rifle Coffee yeah. Company. Yeah. So he was a military guy, and came back, did his did his tours, did his service, started this company, and there were some guys that uh, were in the Afghan army you know, that he worked side by side with, it literally like got him out of jams and like basically be, you know, to the point where they're brothers and, uh, they ended up becoming, you know, coming over to the United States due to death threats because their, their lives were in jeopardy with their family. these are like native Afghanis. They end up back in the United States and this, the guy, I can't think of his name who owns the coffee company ended up like getting connections with, with them again. And now he has like, dozens if not more of uh afghan you know refugees that evan, he has employed uh, yeah evan hafer evan hafer yeah so so he's he's done it you know he's done his part where he's literally like he's brought these people in right. and he's given them jobs and given them a new life in the united states and um right and the, t- the taliban would be smart not to target those people that have been supporting you know acting as interpreters, working on U.S. bases that have been over there. I mean, and I've, I've heard stories that they are, in fact, you know, going door to door looking for these types of folks. But, um, again, I hope we get as many of those people out of the country as possible. Let's, let's welcome them with open, open arms and make them a part of America's fabric. It's, it's what makes our nation great is that, uh, <clears throat> that type of, of immigration of the best people around the world. Um, they'll certainly be, I, I guarantee they'll be uh, value added for sure. Well, wow. thank, thanks, Mike, for uh, so Shane. You wanted to so anyway, Shane, here, you wanted to talk about the best my pranks impression of, all time. of Harry Carey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll end on a, Shane, on a different did, topic. Yeah, Shane, did you want? We can talk about uh, pranks. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, no, nothing. Nothing rounds up a in-depth conversation about the, you yeah, know, the yeah. the leaving of Afghanistan, other than pranks. Because <laughs> sure when, Mike, I, when Mike I think has, of one, I can't help but think of the other. I'm sure Mike's got some good pranks from Afghanistan, but what made me, what made me think of talking about pranks was I was talking to um, 
my son has a big cross country game tomorrow and the parents have to volunteer because we're hosting a, our team. And I was talking to one of the, one of the dads of one of the seniors and he was telling me that his son was in, cl- in physics class the other day and one of his teammates in class was uh, not paying attention. So he, after the class, he tells the kid like, Hey, I, you know, I can't believe we get this teacher, you know, first, second week of school, um, gave us a, a 20 or 200 word essay or report we got to write on whatever topic. And the kid's like, Oh shit. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that's horrible. Like I didn't, you know, it sucks. We have to do that for tomorrow. So this kid tells like, not the kid that got pranked. The other kids like tells like some of his other buddies and other periods, other kids are on the cross country team. Like they all got in on this, that there's this 200 word essay due the next day. So they're talking about a practice. My son's a freshman. He's not in this class. He's like, yeah, I, I heard them talking about some essay. <laughs> it's due the next day. So the next day they're in class and the class like a minute left. The kid raises his hand. He's like, Hey, you know, Mr. Whatever, are you going to collect those, uh, those essays? <laughs> and the teacher's like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And they were all, they were all just like cracking up laughing. So he like goes over and grabs the paper from the kid and he's like, this is actually pretty good. But, but, but there was no essay too. So I just think like some of the best pranks are like harmless like that, that are just like funny and oh, I got, for a while. Now that you're mentioning it, I do have one that I thought. So about. I thought maybe maybe you guys had some good pranks no, you could think of that uh that's a great story, come across Shane. through and you know what you said just made me think about another thing about Afghanistan. <laughs> the <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I thought you were going to talk about maybe a prank you pulled on like one of your like fellow soldiers or something. I'm sure that shit went on. I mean, you guys would get oh, probably gosh. bored out of your mind. So yeah, I can't even. Yeah, I, I don't legally know. you're you're bound so, to not say. I mean, I I just can't think of one. But yes, those types of things happen like on a on a daily basis. If you if you left your like your your cover around, um, you know, guys would dip it in water and then put it in a freezer, like those ice makers that you have. <laughs> like, anybody seen my cover? And you're like, Shh. you know, as soon as you, as soon as you like realize it was it. missing, you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> so then you'd go to the freezer and of course, oh, the, or, or the prank. Like you, I think we, you already told the story about like the the guy that put the sticker on the back of the helmet and like the oh gosh yeah so but did we already talk about this i don't think so i don't think we told this story on the podcast you got to tell that one that one's really good that's a good one i've told the story a couple of times and uh this one has to do with uh uh general david petraeus who who is uh he got in some trouble himself so he was the 101st division commander at the time and my company the uh, kingsman had been charged to fly him uh around you know iraq uh quite a bit so during his during one of his travels uh one of my young aspiring crew chiefs on the back of the helmet there is an uh aviation life support equipment tag that basically puts a date on your helmet and it's it's a really small sticker but it lets the the alci tech know that that your your helmet has to be inspected every six months or whatever well uh, young specialist Carbohol had actually decided that um, instead of putting the date, and actually it wasn't Carbohol that had made the decision, it was the Alci Tech himself. He put a sticker on the back of his helmet that says, if you can read this, you're gay. <laughs> really small, really small uh, writing. Anyway, General Petraeus's aide um, saw the sticker and chuckled. General Petraeus saw it, took a picture of it, and then called me to his carpet <laughs> to, to discuss it. <laughs> Well, so 
Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Fish at the time, um, the entire chain of command, me, my first sergeant, we all had to go to General Petraeus' office in Missoula, Iraq, which was a you know twenty minute flight away. And like Colonel Fish is like, do you know what this is about? I'm like, I don't know what this is about. Like, they want to talk to us. I think they're probably going to tell us good job. It was a great flight, a commendation of some sort. I think we're getting promoted. And so we get to the office and they're like, no, this is not good, guys. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so and I, I I I'm telling the story and you know obviously hindsight being 2020 but i didn't know literally why we were there well general petraeus pulls up the a little like nokia camera that they had at the time those digital cameras says capstall i took a flight in your your helicopter the other day you want to know what i saw i was like uh no sir i don't i don't know uh i remember that flight i was on the flight i and and uh, to my recollection it was a great flight so i we got you there on time and and He's like, this is what I saw. And he showed me a picture of the sticker. And it said, if you can read this, you're gay. And I said, <laughs> and he says, you tell me what that says. And I said, sir, I can't make it out. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know goddamn what Did he go off like that? He did. Wow. I, I went from like, I went from like, cheeky fun like super troopers Mike Stahl to like at the position of attention sweating bullets he let me have it pretty good after that anyway but so so anyway we we leave the office we leave the office and then uh at the time Captain Fivecoat is out in the office his aide who had chuckled in the first place and he pulled me aside he's like did you really tell him you couldn't read it I was like I I did he's like oh that's legendary (laughs) He's probably told that story to all his buddies like all the hundred times. <laughs> Meanwhile, General Petraeus, um, I mean, is a war- is a warrior. I mean, like he, 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 you know, he has a little bit of a checkered past, I guess. But I mean, he's he's an intelligent guy, smart guy. Um, but he had to respect the fact that you like basically I, didn't buckle. I, I hope that he turned around. He turned around, put his camera down after we walked out. I was like, that son of a bitch. <laughs> That man's gonna be a general one day. <laughs> that somebody. How did I walk right out of that? God damn it! He got me good. He got me good. That's I thought I had him. Nope. I had him dead to rights, and he pulled that. <sighs> how we then got? How we then guys fly? They can't even make out a goddamn sign like that. <laughs> I wonder if that was the other thing too. Like, you tell me you can't read that? If he, yeah, if he would have been sharp. Been, what? How are you even up in the sky? Yeah, no. You can't never make it again. He called my bluff. You know goddamn well what it said. I can't quite make that out. I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't you go giving me that runaround, son. In the meantime, Colonel Fish is like, what did it say? And I said, if you can read this, you're gay. And he's like, oh, Oh, my God. Uh, Just madcap mishaps on on the 101st Airborne. I, the funniest prank I ever pulled against Melissa, and I might have told you this story too, but we were on a beach and uh, we were taking family photos in South Carolina out on Hilton Head. And uh, Owen is, she's maybe four years old. Lauren is, gosh, must have been like eight or eight or nine years old. No, that doesn't 12. make any sense. Must have been 12 or 13 years old. We're taking pictures out on the beach and Zane is an infant, like weeks old. But Melissa had to have these pictures. So um, Zane had fallen asleep as I carted everybody out on the beach. So we left him in there while we went to the water. And eh, we're probably like 20 yards away while Zane's sleeping in the, in the thing. 
and we're taking pictures and blah, blah, blah. Well, Melissa's like, all right, go run, get Zane. We'll take a couple of pictures and then we'll, we'll call it a day. So I go back there and I act like I'm picking Zane up and I just pick up the blanket. Zane's still, still sleeping in that thing. And I pick up the blanket and I, I like pack it up like I'm holding a baby and then I turn around and start sprinting back to Melissa, and I and I I trip and fall like right on the right on the blanket. Oh, wow! And the look of terror in Melissa's eyes, like, <gasps> like why were you sprinting? You said we're taking pictures. And I, I came up and like. Throughout the blanket, and there's no baby, and she's like, oh, I was merely acting. Acting. And to my mind, that was one of the funniest things that I've ever done. And like, she's it was horrified. Oh. <laughs> she's just like, oh man, but I really sold it too. I was, Why were you running with the baby? Why is there so much blood? Who knew the payoff from that was going to be nine years later on a podcast in Jim's 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 backyard? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an investment. You got to make it (laughs) at the expense of your loved ones. Sometimes they're the best ones. That's right. They least expect it. Mm. They expect expect more out of us. (laughs) Yeah, they do. And their expectations are too high, I think. We we let them down routinely. (laughs) The only good prank, I mean, I'm sure I pull pranks. There's one that just came into mind. I was thinking about from uh, high school, actually, and it has to do with my wife, too. I, for some reason, my senior year, like, we, it was in the fall, because I remember it was, like, right, it was during a football game. For, like, a week leading up to this football game, I had study hall with Vanessa and her sister, and one of my other good friends, who was a girl, Barb, who's good friends with them, like, she was in on it with me. And I said, I don't know how it even came up, but just, like, a random thing where, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell the Adrian and Vanessa that I'm transferring and like leaving school, like Friday's my last day. I'm I'm leaving. I'm going to I don't know. I was going back to Kirtland or whatever. So, so then like every like it was one of those things where like everyone knew except them, and like everyone was in on it. Everyone was in on it. So it was just you know, and it was to the point where like Friday in study hall with them, I was I, I literally it was like my best acting job where I literally like I got some tears going and I'm like I'm gonna miss you guys so much and like I can't believe this is happening, but. My parents want me back at Kirtland, and you know, I don't want to be there. But I was just like, I was, I was selling it big time. So we go play the football game. I don't know who we play, but we play the game, and we played a Men Memorial. So we'd like play there, and then we'd still have to get back on the bus and like drive from Men Memorial back to Lake Catholic to you know get in the locker room, change, shower, whatever. I get off the bus. They have like a forty foot banner written up saying like, "We're gonna miss you so much, Jim." Like, they have like cookies. They have balloons. The whole thing. And I was just like, and like. It was it went, it went like beyond what I thought was gonna happen. I thought it was just like they were gonna be sad, but they they literally like had like a going away party for me almost. And I was just like I, at that point I stepped off the bus, and Vanessa and I were just friends. Like we weren't dating or anything, but like I was just like, oh my god, I feel so terrible now. <laughs> and like Barb, who was like their best friend, is like she's behind, like she's still in on it and like going with it, which I got to give her credit. Like she she really sold it too. But I was just like, yeah. I've, no, I think I think I think Vanessa. I don't remember, but Vanessa's like, I saw the thing and I came up and like gave him like goodbye hugs. And I'm like, you know what, guys, I decided to stay. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna go ahead and stay. <laughs> I never heard that yeah. story. Oh, it was, a good one. We got him pretty good. It was oh, it was a good my little prank. Gosh. 
<laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, Shane. Yeah, it's time to wrap it up. We're we're well over an hour here, I think, tonight. Yep. Yep. But that's all the time. That's all the weight we have to cut. So we're gonna leave you to your wares, cutting weight crew. Big Labor Day weekend. I know. I don't know when this get posted, but hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, enjoy your time off with your family. And I think the weather, like the weather's great now. I mean, I think now's the best time of the year for me. I love like September Absolutely. through October. This is freaking amazing. Yep. So one hundred percent. The fall is upon us. You guys enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Browns eight days away. Nine days away. Eight days a week. Yeah. All right. Played out.